Welcome to the Rabbit Hole Club, where we're keeping it surreal and talking about all things odd, mysterious, and paranormal. This is show 18. Happy Thanksgiving. Tonight, we're barreling down the rabbit hole into a realm I felt was appropriate for this time of thanks. I've invited my oldest son, Aaron, to join me and talk about our wonderfully odd family. It's super candid with mature content and plenty of adult language, so be advised. You should also keep in mind that there are some images and video on the YouTube version of this show that you don't want to miss. So be sure to check out the video too. If you're already watching the video, and before we dive in too deep, remember to hit that subscribe button and give this video a thumbs up. You can also visit my Patreon page and become a member so I can keep bringing you fun and freaky shows with colorful guests, interesting ideas, and amazing stories. My channels are full of fun little goodies that'll make you go, hmm. Patreon.com forward slash The Rabbit Hole Club. If you want to follow me on social media or view the YouTube side of the show, you can find all of that on my new website, The Rabbit Hole dot club that's right i said dot club c-l-u-b if you or someone you know would like to share a scare a show idea a personal experience or anything else odd and unusual you can call my hotline at 816-514-5084 leave a message there or send an email to submit at the rabbit hole dot club this week's rabbit reel is full of crazy stuff in paranormal news this week, and first up, George Arnu of Dreamland Ranch in Rachel, Nevada, had some very unwelcome visitors to both his home and his resort on November 10th. The FBI and the Air Force Office of Special Investigations served what they called a no-knock raid on him, busting down doors, breaking furniture, and confiscating all of his computers, phones, drones, memory sticks, and more. To the best of my understanding, he was not detained, but was left with thousands of dollars in damages and confiscated property, not to mention being humiliated beyond words. For those of you who don't know who this guy is, he's the owner of Dreamland Ranch and Resort, which is located very close to Area 51. He has an up-to-date and comprehensive website at dreamlandresort.com, where they specialize in all things Area 51, and they have a bird's eye view of what's going on there. He's kind of been the eyes and ears for the public in that realm for the last several years. I guess that means the government is still quite touchy about what goes on at the base they swore wasn't there for decades. If you'd like to support Mr. Arnu, or if you're curious about Area 51, I suggest you visit his website, dreamlandresort.com. It's full of information on Area 51 and has quite a few articles on the history and black ops of the airbase. In other crazy and weird stuff, Ogo Pogo may have been caught on film this month by Colleen and Dale Hancher. Ogo Pogo is a mythical lake monster much like the Loch Ness Monster, but this guy lives in Okanagan Lake of British Columbia, Canada. The Hanchers were sailing the lake when they caught sight of something in the water. They decided to get a better look in case it was some kind of water hazard that needed to be removed and got within about 10 feet of the object. When they still couldn't discern what it was, Colleen snapped a photo with her cell phone so they could magnify the image. They were blown away by what they saw. 
It bears a striking resemblance to the common artistic interpretations of Ogopogo you find all over that area, and even looks uncannily like a dragon head in the water. Well, that's not all the weirdness in the world this week, but that's all we have time for. And now, on to the show! So hi, Aaron, and happy birthday. Thank you for being here tonight, man. Yeah, sure. I'm so happy you're here. We're going to talk about our crazy life together. Since this is my oldest son, he's been with me his whole life, and we've seen some pretty crazy things together. It was pretty weird growing up with Colleen as my mom. <laughs> For oh so very many reasons. <laughs> so you got to grow up, you know, um, behind the scenes on films and theatrical productions and live events and oh the haunted houses. Promo events and uh, themed photo shoots like you did at the zoo and like Yep. All kinds of stuff like that, for sure. Yeah. It, uh, it was almost like uh, you were using as you were being used by all kinds of people uh, to create hype. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Seriously, I watched that happen. I watched it. I watched the popularization of airbrush, you know, body painting happen, yeah. like right as the airbrush shop started really taking off and yeah. kind of doing its own thing. That's you sure um, did. You guys were knee-deep and neck-deep in that stuff growing up. Oh, yeah, it was very interesting whenever uh, Insane Clown Posse uh, shows up on the uh, caller ID. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> uh, more than once. Psychopathic Records? <laughs> Psychopathic Records. <laughs> okay, so that was the career side of growing up with me, but we also had a lot of really really strange and bizarre and paranormal and freaky things happen when you were growing up too well i would say honestly my first memories of like some paranormal things happening uh, came from i guess you could call it like the earlier part of my life between i was i don't know like between three and eight years old something like that and a lot of it started Whenever you started doing, um, you know, palm readings and stuff at the uh, at Merlin's. Oh yeah, remember that? Tar- yep. yep, I was doing classes. classes out there and tarot readings and psychometry and. And so whenever you were working out there, there was just like some weird things that you ended up coming in contact with. Well, that's when an you, understatement. When you worked in that place. Yeah. And you brought some very unique people around that I was not really, you know, familiar with that energy. You know what I mean? Like, so it was kind of intriguing to me on, the, on a, you know, when I was younger to see, like, photographs of this guy burning, you know, photos and, like, you know, weird-looking faces showing up in flames. And, oh, Yeah. You know, as like, and I, and I saw, I started seeing all this stuff whenever I was I was younger, and I was just like, well, maybe there is like something outside of like what everybody is aware of. You know, maybe there is a different, you know, realm like a spiritual realm where something else takes place yeah. that we, you know, every so often touch on in our ordinary lives, or it touches on us rather. 
Boy, it sure seems to be touching a whole lot more frequently in recent years, huh? <laughs> you know, have you ever seen that movie Ghostbusters? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> right! Dogs and cats living together! <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of something like that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so... What are some of those things that actually stick out in your mind? Like the, the pictures? Okay, that was an investigation that we went and did in King City, Missouri. Yeah, it, it was. I still remember the dude's name. Frank? Yeah, Frank. I don't, I don't know what happened remember. to him. I have no idea how I remember that, but I do remember that yeah, around that period of time, you were doing, uh, what would you call it? Uh, you were medium work like clairvoyant work oh yeah i was doing a lot and you were also things. you were doing readings and yes. then you were also doing paranormal investigations yes. so all around the same time past life regressions we did a lot of past life regressions tarot readings yeah all of that all of the above yeah we went and did frank uh came up with that <clears throat> that particular investigation and it was a lady her name was rose and she it was a family property okay. that she suddenly had all of this crazy stuff going on, a lot of shadow figure activity and paranormal like uh, poltergeist stuff, you know, a lot of physically moving kinetic stuff. And so she it scared the hell out of poltergeist her. Poltergeist stuff. Oh, definitely. Very, and it was violent and it was angry. So she was thinking that it was a demonic thing and <clears throat> she invited us. She moved out, like left in the middle of the night and didn't go back. Almost like the Amityville horror <laughs> shit. Yep, so we went up there and we did an investigation and we found that somebody had been doing some uh, rather nefarious type, ritual type uh. activity out in the barn. And that there was, um, there was a, not a demon, which is a common misconception. Just because it acts badly doesn't make it a demon. It was it, the spirit of this guy who owned that property and he was pissed off. <clears throat> so he was causing all kinds of trouble and he didn't want to go on because he was such a bad person in life that he was afraid he was going to hell. That was his teaching. That's what he believed and so he wasn't going anywhere. And he was mean and mad. So that's what that investigation was. But what else do you remember? <clears throat> I also remember around that same period in time, you guys trying to find some uh, sacred Indian grounds. And there was a certain symbol that was associated with, was supposed to be a map, I guess. You're talking the, about the, the treasure the stuff. The treasure, yes. Yeah, I did a show on that. Um, just It was just me by myself. But yeah, that was the Aztec, Incan, Mayan treasure with Jeff. Yeah, no, but it still had a like it had an era aura of mystique around it. Which it like, sure did. It was just like, what is this? It almost felt like it was being driven by something. You it's know because I mean? it was. I had visitations from some of those entities, and they were not human. <laughs> so whenever all that shit happened, I definitely took notice to it too, because it had just a very strange feeling about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's just certain things you experience in life that have a certain feeling about it. Yeah. And whenever, whenever those things happen, it's like, uh, actually, uh, the esoteric 
writer G. I. Gurdjieff, he talks about it too, about in his uh, great chief. Yeah, in his uh, early childhood, he had three things that happened to him that made him feel like something outside of the ordinary is possible, but the mysterious was a re- really actually a thing. Yep. And so he spent after those three things happened to him, they were very significant things. He went and tried to find those things, like. You know where those things came from, or try to explain what what exactly that was. I enjoy know. his teachings. He's <clears throat> one of the very few what I would call metaphysicians. Mm-hmm. He is definitely who um, taught more than just the technical side of things. There is also to him he acknowledged the spiritual side of things, it and most a, metaphysicians. It don't. was a spirit science, meaning that he really did. Uh, you know, I guess you could say try to find a connection between matter and spiritual energies because there is because there's there's a connection between the two things it's like spiritual energies i know we're getting super deep right now Spirit, <laughs> spiritual energies are actually just matter the finer kind of matter yep and so um you know psychic energy is basically what i'm talking about which is what right. ghosts what i view ghosts as to operate in that frequency because yep. that's what they have Yes. If they're not passing on, if they're not going to wherever it is that the energy, you know, goes, they're here in that realm. That's their place. Yes. Psychic, psychic energies. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. And they have energy and thought. Oh, yeah. And emotion. <laughs> oh, yeah. All of those things. So something I remember whenever you guys were growing up, because you and Kendall are so close in age. You're 13 months apart. Yeah. Okay? And so you guys were like almost like dealing with twins growing up. And Kendall was go fast. Oh, my God. He never stopped. And he was walking and talking at nine months old. I hope actually that I can get him on this show at some point. We talked about him and the kids coming on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be fun. Anyways, uh, I remember you guys, he was about two years old, so you were three years old. And I remember that I got mad at y'all one afternoon and I sent you to your bedroom. Do you remember this? Oh yeah, of course. We talked about this story many times. Because it was impactful and kind of traumatic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so background on this particular story. So, us being, you know, creepy little kids that we are, we never wanted to take the nap. I mean, we did all kinds of stuff. We play around on the phone. I called nine one one on accident once. More than once. <laughs> Whenever I was like supposed to be taking a nap, mm-hmm. screwing around on the phone. So we never wanted to take naps. Whenever we were supposed to go take naps when we were kids. Yeah. So this one particular time, Kendall decides that he has this idea of where we're going to <clears throat> take a light bulb, break it in half, fill the bottom part of the light bulb with water screw it into the lamp and then plug it into the wall and this was called this is all Kendall's idea he was two he, no I mean he was probably like three or four no no so, he was not I I'm, marked that in your baby uh, books okay. it was two okay. years old well regardless so this is in the, what ended up happening was Kendall um, you know he it was all his idea he said he had this dream specifically this is exactly his word for word what he said he had a dream of this guy that looked like Santa Claus uh, putting this lamp, you know, putting water in this lamp and plugging it into the wall. Well, we didn't know this as kids, but this was actually something, this was a, actually a German 
booby trap. Yes. I'm pretty sure for World War One. World War Two. World War Two. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it was a German booby trap. I was like, I actually would use to do this, and this was all Kendall's idea. I just, I was just kind of flying with it and kind of like watching what he was doing, and so. We plugged it into the wall, and Mom came in to check on us, and we were hiding in the closet. Giggling. Giggling. And my mom came in, and it fucking shocked the shit out of her. Yes, it did. And somehow she was able to get it safely unplugged from the wall. Yes, I did. (laughs) And we, uh, we, we sat in the closet and giggled about it. Which is how I found you. But so from my perspective... I was downstairs folding laundry, and it got really quiet upstairs, which any parent knows is a bad sign. (laughs) They're either asleep or they're up to something. So I went up there, and as I came down the hallway, I remember every single step that I took, I started getting this really horrible stabbing headache. By the time I got into the room, I had this really incredibly horrible (laughs) headache. I came in, couldn't see the kids, but there's this big bird lamp sitting right in the middle of the floor. And I, I actually looked at it twice because the light bulb wasn't just broken in half. It was the top of the bulb, just like you'd take a glass cutter. The top of the bulb was missing. The bottom of the bulb was intact, screwed into the outlet, and full of water and that's what I noticed and so I reached down and I yanked it out of the wall and I got shocked in the process and that was my experience there well and that was just, this also kind of brings me to a, a point too whenever I was a kid this is a huge thing and I do think that it had partially to do with some of the energy in that house but I used to have some of the like really wildest dreams horror horror dreams too yeah to where i was just like i mean it's shit that like you you listen to it and you're just like it kind of like makes the hair on the back of your neck you know go up because it's just like what the fuck because i was i was i I really do feel like there was some kind of energy at that house that was was. like really super dark and it was like messing turbulent and it was and it was messing with me whenever i was dreaming because i would have dreams like uh I'd have this reoccurring dream where I'd have uh, werewolves. I'd hear them coming, and I'd hear them. And I was in, like in the backyard by myself, the dark after dark. There's nobody around, and I'd have werewolves like coming for me from all angles. <laughs> That's terrifying. I can hear them in the kid. woods, like getting ready to come for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And so it's like, and, and I had weird dreams like that whenever I was a kid, and I do think it had kind of partially to do with. Uh, um, the uh, the house that we were in. I I, well, I was la- I was laying in bed one night and I was looking into my closet and I just saw just and it was kind of in my mind's eye but I mean not really I mean I really did actually kind of see these things it was like I saw just all these eyes like just a whole closet full of eyes. That doesn't surprise me. And it was and it was it was really biz- it was really bizarre. It was like something. It was an experience that kind of like stuck with me. Like remember because I slept in that middle room like not that many times. I couldn't get anybody to sleep in that middle room, and, even the baby. Yeah, I, because I because that's what happened with me in that closet. It's like I didn't want, really want to be in there. That's how you guys all ended up in the same bedroom was because I couldn't get anybody to sleep in that room. Yeah. Everybody had horrible nightmares, 
and they like the baby was just fussy the uh, adrian wouldn't go to sleep in there yeah it didn't last very long you guys all ended up in the same bedroom you just made it into your selling room yeah but uh anyway so um kind of moving on so yeah so the, the dreams like had whenever i was a kid definitely kind of influenced my thinking about things but um what you know what really kind of stands out to me is whenever um i started getting a little bit older and uh you know we we saw all kinds of crazy shit when we were kids you know ufos like yeah. what you know whatever it's just like those those things kind of happened and they kind of stuck out in my mind as uh you know unusual like this so there's something going on here yeah and the funny part about it is it's like it, it did kind of like impact me in a way i mean i use the alien as my <laughs> kind of like my symbol or my mascot or whatever in my, yeah. in my music so you know that was kind of a wild experience for me too it's just like all oh, in the crop circles that the, the what was it cynthia was taking pictures yes of. i just did a show on that last week and so it says like the all of those things really contributed to me um being a little more open to the possibility that there was some kind of paranormal something going on it's like and i i'd love to watch the old uh, you know unsolved mysteries and all that where they were you know talking about the haunted boats and yeah. it's like all that and it was just like that was something the, the winchester mansion yeah and all, all that stuff like stuck out in my head yeah you know as far as it's like yeah there's some there's some shit going on here that i can't explain <clears throat> so i'd say my first actual personal paranormal experience because i was still skeptic i mean i never really you used to roll your eyes at me a lot when you were a teenager, dude. <laughs> but I mean, I was still a skeptic. I had all this stuff happen to me, so I was open to the possibility of something else. But I had never actually, like, physically, face to face, you know. Well, experienced I thought you UFOs it. because those you'd seen yeah. a lot. In yeah, your that's life. yeah, that's that's different than ghosts, though. Right. You know, that was way different than ghosts. So, um, I, my first very. Uh, you know, uh, I guess you could call it a vivid paranormal experience that I've ever had was when I was working down at the Beast Haunted House. Oh, yeah, when you were down that, working at the Haunted House. That, w that was the very first time that I ever actually had any um, physical experience with one. All those buildings because, are so haunted. Because I came to realize, especially with those buildings and spending so much time in those buildings, yep. that there are... Um, there are energies out there. There are I, I, residual energies, like whatever you want to call them. It doesn't even matter if you want to call them ghosts or not. There's residual energies out there in all kinds of different places. Yes. They, they stay, they stick around. I mean, and I can tell you that from... Yeah, and some of them have presence and personality, and some of them are just imprints. Well, yeah, I mean, I have a... The night that I really realized something was going on was whenever... Well, the very first thing was whenever uh, whoever took that photograph of Garrett and Tabitha. Oh, the one that ha you can see Lee or whoever it is standing full, there. Full form apparition. Right dressed, in the middle of God and everybody. Dressed like, like a, black, a, a brown cloak or something like that. It's almost kind of a like, greeny cloak. Almost looks like he has like a, some kind of a prosthetic or something on his face. Mm -hmm. And he's holding like a script or a styrofoam. He's got a script and a styrofoam cup. Or a styrofoam, styrofoam cup, cup or something, something like hand. that in his mm -hmm. hand. And uh, 
dude in costume is not there. Dude does not exist. Well, and they hadn't used scripts around there for. And you could see through this years. apparition to the other side. Yeah. With my my friend Garrett and uh, her makeup artist at the time, Tabitha, mm -hmm. see through this figure, see them. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was kind of like whenever I seen that, then I was like that really kind of like made me go whoa. And then the camera upstairs in the ballroom started doing crazy yeah, shit. Yep, yep. You know, take pictures of people that were actually living, and you could see straight through them to the fireplace. And, and to people like, standing behind them. <laughs> yeah, you could see all the yep. shit. And it was like right in your face. And, it was yep. like, and so that's really kind of got me, um, you know, to understand that there was other things going on that I, that I didn't really understand that. Well, and you I mean, had, really we about. both had so <clears throat> many experiences down there. We could do many shows on it. Well, Those yeah. places down in the West Bottoms but are so hard. They, they really are, but like whenever the, I had, well, there was that one evening where I was working and I actually had something physically touch me. Yep. That was, that was the night. I had so many experiences in that same area though, Aaron, you know, that's where we built some of the escape rooms up there. And so I spent a lot of time up there. Mm -hmm. And that guy talked on the spirit box and said some crazy things. I'll, I'll have to see if I can remember all of them. It was nuts. But he did a lot of crazy things up there. Well, he, and it's like one of those things. It's like it's not like something like I bumped into something in the dark. I didn't know. I had a hand that wasn't there. A hand that wasn't there touched me. And I could physically feel like individual fingers. Yeah. Like I felt, I mean, this I felt it on my side. It touched my side, and it wasn't just like it just like you know I brushed up against it. Though it like touched my side, one thousand one, one thousand two, pulled away. It was an obvious thing. It was an obvious touch. Yeah. It was obviously something touched me. You know, I never had him get violent with me up there. Uh, I experienced him on the ghost box. I remember whenever he told one of the guys that we were working with. He was trying to get a drop light to work, and he tried everything, including changing the bulb, and then discovered that it was not even plugged in. So, as he's saying, oh, well, it's not plugged in. The ghost box that I was testing out at the time said, <laughs> dumbass, just as clear as a bell. He was funny. He was a lot of fun to, to deal with. It was a, a guy that uh, had actually worked there before. Yeah, I just, I have, you know, a few different memories of different shit that going on up there that I didn't really know how to explain. Those cold, cold spots were another one of them. Yeah, cold spots. Lights where there shouldn't be lights. Lights where there shouldn't be lights. Mm -hmm. uh, movement. Yeah, movement. Like, uh, I mean, just... Cause you're, cause those dark, those houses are really super dark. Oh yes, they are. And so like when you're, when the house lights aren't on. Right. And a lot of time, whenever you're walking, you're walking through the house, you're like trying to, unless you're actually working on a set, you know, the house lights aren't on, and you're like walking through trying to make sure that it looks good for the show. Well, even if it's during the day with the house lights on. Yeah. It is still super, super dark in a oh, lot sure. of places. Oh, it is. Yeah, for sure. The Beast especially. Mm-hmm, yeah. The, the Beast is super dark. But, oh, hell, it's chill. But anyways, so uh, that, was kind of a, that was kind of a turning point for me as far as like understanding. What about hell? Did you ever have anything happen over there? Um, 
Yes, I did actually. Um, that was that was an, an equally creepy thing that happened to me over there. So let me guess, it was third floor, wasn't it? Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> so yep. so anyways, so I have I started off the season there <coughs> in a position they call crawl drag. So crawl drag is a great big huge bat vampire animatronic that pops out at you in a corridor, okay, and like you're walking through a hall and it pops out at you. Um, I was, there was actually an actor in there that's a vampire, and I, that was the first position that I worked when I was over at Hell, mm-hmm. and I, I felt like I was doing really good in there, but I'm not going to say anything too terrible about the owner of the haunted houses, but he's not my favorite person <laughs> for multiple reasons. Uh, he uh, moved me to a spot that was like just kind of a really shitty place as far as like it's a really hard place to scare it's people. Scary. There's no room. It's very congested. It's very you know, see or very it, open. With yeah, no when, when, you're, available. when you're scaring people, you want to have like as much space as possible to scare the shit out of people because you can, the more move room you have to move around, the more places you can be. You know, the quicker. But you know? there wasn't then, even like curtains or anything no, up there, there that you could conceal yourself. Yeah, in. there's the, there's nothing that you could really do about yeah, that it room. Yeah, kind of a bare room. Yes. Yeah, you just <laughs> sometimes you felt like you're just kind of standing there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, blah blah. Rawr, I'm supposed to be scary. <laughs> you know. But anyways, so uh, he put me up in the spot, and I was just kind of starting to trying to get used to it. I was kind of figuring out some way to you know work the room or whatever. But anyways. Uh, it was probably like a week or so after I started working in this room. Uh, there was, you know, I had some dead times where I didn't really have much of anybody coming through. And there was a, a noise that started happening. Especially at the beginning of the night, but it usually, like, it started lasting, like, all night. And it would stop periodically. And then it would resume. And this noise, I tried to figure out what this noise was. But it was like... It didn't really sound like it could have been machinery or something like that, but there's so many like hydraulic hoses and. Oh you know, right, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of components to the haunted houses. Yeah. So there's a lot of different, you know, mechanical things that it could have been in yeah. a sense. But I'm, I just I don't feel like that's what it was. Honestly, I tried to track down the source of the sound, and the sound really, honestly, it was really bizarre because it like it hung in the room like right over me. And it didn't echo or anything. It was just kind of what it was. And then it stopped. And it was like this real guttural, like, growling. Like something was growling at me. Oh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It was like... It was almost exactly the way that it sounded. And then it stopped. I don't think there's any speakers in that room. Or there wasn't, anyways. No. But it would just like... And it would do that to me all night long. And just like... And it, and, and it wouldn't have any rhyme or reason as far as like when it would be starting and when it would be stopping. It's just like sometimes it was doing it when people were walking in the room. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think about the soundtrack in that general area. But it, there's no speakers or anything. There's, there's, there's no there. speakers in that room. Now there are in the room next door with that animatronic. But why would somebody just put that sound on a speaker? Well, I'm, I did a lot of soundtrack. I took care of a lot of the soundtrack in that particular place, and I'm trying to put my finger on what it could have been. I can't think of anything. It didn't sound like something that was like 
produ- produced. Yeah. That's what I'm sa- trying to say to you. So I had a, that same animatronic nailed me and um, Harry's daughter. We mm-hmm. went through that. We were going through on a preseason check. And we were supposed to go ahead and get all the animatronics and all the lights and everything going, get the whole show rocking so we could start troubleshooting and taking, you know, make our punch list. And uh, me and Belle went, <laughs> went through, we were on the third floor and we went through that room with the animatronic. And I said something along the lines of, oh, I know he's going to get us. He's going to, he always tries to get me. And bigger than shit, we go into that room and the animatronic pops on us. But only after standing over it and talking about it, and it knocked me down. <laughs> Check this out. <clears throat> they hadn't turned on the animatronics yet. They hadn't hit the, the air. So none of the pneumatics were working. It had been idle for, what, nine months? Wow. That's, that's crazy. I don't know yeah, so it went off, and it knocked me over without being powered up. I had a lot of crazy things through that that particular area I was doing some work in and Adrian, my other son, was the floor below me with another guy. And um, I had this very guttural voice come up in my ear and it said, Colleen. Well, it startled me a little bit, but my instant response was, what? And this wind like blew through the room and I heard this huge bang throughout the building and Adrian yelling downstairs. So I go running down there and that thing had gone through the building and out the door in the room that he was working and slammed the door to the fire escape so hard that it shook the building. Scared the hell out of your brother and the other guy that was working too. I'm, I'm, I'm here to say that those buildings are like something else entirely. I feel like uh, the West Bottoms in general is like almost like some kind of a weird like vortex or something. I don't know. It's weird down there. I, you know, I worked in a lot of those buildings down there for years and years. And I can honestly say that the majority of them had some kind of entity or um, energy about them. Oh, I mean, there's just so much history in that area. There is. As were our goods for the city, their supplies to build our city originally came in. I think the West Bottoms was probably, I mean, the River Key or the um, River Market area was the very first settlement, I think, in Kansas City, but the West Bottoms was right behind that. Yeah. I mean, the the Northeast neighborhood, was that the Pembroke Hill? Is it? That's supposed to be like the very first neighborhood in in, uh, Kansas City, but it's overlooking the East Bottoms. Right, right, right. So... I mean, that's it, yeah. that was all like developed like right at the same time. Well, and there have been like a couple of different really severe floods that came through there and killed a lot of people and took out a whole lot of property. Yeah. The architecture down there is super cool. I used to love to go to the West Bottoms. I'm not such a fan anymore. Well, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a very it's a very unique place as far as like uh, you know the thing about the West Bottoms. It's like a a lot, you know, I've been everywhere in Kansas City. Like I've, I've uh, 
spent my whole life here, you know, and I'm an Uber driver, so I'm everywhere. But for some reason, the West Bottoms have had, you know, significant amount of time I've spent down there working. Right. Like actually just doing all kinds of things down there. And it just seems, and it's really bizarre, doing different things. So mm-hmm. it, just, it just seems like it's just been a place that's uh, I guess you could say pulled me in, you know, a few different times in my yes, life. Me too. And I and it's uh, it's been a uh, it's been a journey, you know. It's like a, not, and an education. And, and an education, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But that's I would say that's not the only thing, but that's definitely a huge thing that kind of like got me a little more uh, a, a little less skeptical of paranormal um, happenings. Yeah. Was working down there and, and having the experiences that I had down there. Okay, but what about the barn? Did you ever have any crazy experiences at the barn? You know, I, the, the funny part about it is, is that I personally did not really, but you took all kinds of really crazy photos down there. Oh my God, yes. Yep, and, so and, Grandpa did. And, uh, this, and it just kind of led me to believe whenever I saw all those things, because it's like, Really crazy orb shapes. Some of them like way different than others. Well, like, and little fairies too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they all have different shapes. It's and like, colors. Take, and colors and just, like these pictures that you take down there, especially after dark, mm-hmm. were um, you know I had no I had no real explanation for that. Yeah. I still remained skeptic because I never really had any like physical experience or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I I. Personally, and it came from a lot of different things, but I personally, I never, I never felt scared walking around after dark in that place by myself at all. Oh, me neither. Not, not at all. No, it was very friendly. It was very friendly as far as it's like, honestly, that's quite the reasons that it became kind of one of my favorite places when I was a kid because it was, you know, peaceful. Mm-hmm. My, my, my childhood was pretty chaotic in a lot of different ways. And yes, it was. A it, very, was. it was a very peaceful place to go. And be able to like walk around, and we did. Uh, it was actually our first experience with haunted houses and stuff. Was yeah. doing the uh, the Elks uh, hay yeah. ride yeah. for them over there. That was a lot of fun. I and, enjoyed that a lot. And the cool thing about it is too is just like it, 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 it. I didn't have any paranormal experiences during that, but I definitely there was definitely some energies that I felt. Oh yeah. Because there was all kinds of people. That I didn't really even know, but I kind of like grew to know and kind of be friends with some of them, like through from, you know, different parts of town that, you know, south of me and, you know, to the west of me that I probably wouldn't have ever met otherwise, but somehow they, you know, came to this uh, hayride that we were doing, this haunted hayride that we were doing, and uh, mom was doing all the makeup for it. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of our first little. Well, she did haunted house shit when she was a kid, but that was my first, you know, experience, experience with with, with working at haunted houses. So, I guess my point of even explaining this is, um, just the whole uh, idea and premise of haunted houses it has some kind of energy to it. Yes. That uh, it's kind of hard to explain unless that you're or you're a part of it. You know what I mean? And, and so whenever, and so that I guess what I'm trying to say is whenever I was working there, I had experiences where I felt like certain kinds of, you know, energies or, you know, spiritual whatever 
I almost felt like it possessed me mm-hmm. and that I just, you know, it, I performed in like a supernatural way. Well, you know, especially with the big haunted houses, when we worked down there, I noticed that um, <clears throat> the closer it got to Halloween, uh-huh. the more the energy would peak and um, people would start reporting more paranormal occurrences. Oh, yeah, because it's just true. It's just like the, the it, it really is, does work in a weird way. The, the, if there's a higher concentration of energy in one place, yes. then a lot more things start happening. There's so much energy that goes through those places. I mean, like really peaked energy. Yeah, and it's just like you don't, you don't really know what it is until you're kind of in the middle of it for a little while, and then you, you then you start understanding. But I mean, in a sense, it's also once again I'm looking deep on it. I lost. It's it's almost it's also like a, you know, a process of self-examination. I guess you could say. So you're, uh, you know, you you have to really observe how you're acting all the time. It's a, it, it really is acting. It's it's a, it's a virtual stage more or less. You're, they're walking through a you know, stage set more or less, and you're an actor. Yes. So it is like a it's a you know a process of self observation. Like you really have to like watch yourself and what you're doing and like how you're acting and how people are. You know, it's immersive theater it. if yes. you want to get technical about it. it. It really genuinely is. So like you know as I started feeling like I was getting. More familiar and more skillful at, you know, really getting a reaction out of people. I started feeling like I had, um, I don't know how else to put it, some kind of assistance. Oh, that's yeah. what that's what it felt like. I felt like I was like plugging, plugging myself into a certain kind of an energy, and I was, you know, and and it was kind of like acting through me. I don't I mean I don't know how else to put it. You know, that's exactly what it felt like. Yeah. So, I can relate to that. In that sense, also, it's just like that. It, I feel like it's connected to the same thing. That's the, that, that psychic realm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that. Uh, that these occurrences of this energy operates through. But I really do feel like it's a real thing. Okay. It, it exists. But the whole thing is, um, I've noticed this too. Uh, there are some presences that cause these things to like not be around like they will avoid certain people or certain situations so certain people won't ever have that experience because it's not they're not connected to it in any way by the same token they can also target certain individuals oh they could do they could do both they could do both things it's it really is kind of wild honestly but yeah it's a, I, I, i've noticed that this is like that's kind of the way that I view um, spiritual happenstances. You know? Yeah. So it's it's more than just you know oh I saw I just saw an apparition or I just saw something walking down my hall. Or, oh, way more. It's 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 way more than that because I think that these same energies that I'm talking about, like I guess you could say, you know, whether it's somebody you know directly around us or something in our head or whatever. I feel like these things like tweak us on a daily basis and then we don't really understand like what's going on exactly but there's something around us that's 
triggering us to be upset for some reason or another. Encouraging and encur- certain encourage- emotional responses. And encouraging emotional responses. Oh yeah. Why do sure. you think they do that? Uh, to get some kind of a a rise out of us? Well, yeah, an emotional response because yeah. I think that that's what they eat. <laughs> That's think, what they feed I, I on. Think, I think that has something to do with it, honestly. Well, when that's you think a, about a negative entity in your home that's causing you trouble, the more frightened you become of what's going on, the more they scare you. You know? Why would they do that? And how would they get the energy to actually manifest on our plane? And why did Monsters, Inc. put this in such a commercialized form? Yes! Thank you for pointing that out. (laughs) Seriously, when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, yep, that's what that is. Yep. Y'all take notes now. (laughs) If you haven't seen Monsters, Inc., maybe it's time. (laughs) It's true. This is how it works, man. It is how it It works. It is. It is right down to the ending scene. (laughs) But, yeah, so... That's specifically that's kind of my perspective on the paranormal or you know the mysterious or you know psychic energy or whatever whatever name you want to put on it. But the mystical, the mystical, it is it is definitely a dimension of our reality that is not recognized enough and definitely definitely not understood enough. Boy, it's becoming more and more talked about though, and which is one of the reasons that. You know we're doing this show there's a lot of disinformation out there too so y'all follow your guts yeah it's it's true truth is definitely uh, a feeling yes that's it a, is that's what I that's what I kind of come to realize that's why what if I get a bad feeling off of somebody or a situation or something and it's uh, I mean it just makes sense to me to avoid it because it's just like I pay attention to those things now yeah I understand like um, you know how important intuition is it's very tied to that realm yes you know if you have good intuition then you know I mean it's this energy this intention whatever you want to call it is around you and it will it will help you kind of it's it's like your spidey sense it'll, it'll help your you spidey it, sense. it will it'll help you understand like what's uh, what is directly around you yeah it's true and it's important because we live in a world right now where just energies are just running rampant boy they are just, they are it's just it's just crazy it's just like sometimes you just feel like you're just caught in the crossfires you don't even understand why you're feeling emotional the way that you are or whatever but the whole thing is uh, you know you got all these things around you that are just kind of making you feel this way you know? yep and uh, it's just one of those things just understand the importance of your intuition and uh, um, create a create a sanctuary for yourself create a sacred space for yourself yes so you can uh, shield yourself from those energies and actually like regroup and make sure you're always centered yep that's the best thing you can do for yourself it is a time of energy chaos that's a fact <sighs> yep and it just like it feeds on the negative reaction you know that's, that's seriously <laughs> Emotion like, is get, such a powerful thing. I, I, I had absolutely no intention to get on getting like really super deep or anything in the conversation, but the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, those phenomena, you know, us feeling shitty for no reason or feeling like we just can't control the way we're acting, those things are very connected to 
unseen energies and unexplained happenings and all the stuff that people talk about but like don't really fully understand it's all all connected to the same it always reminded me of the movie Constantine okay I love that movie uh huh because you've got you've got the darkness whispering in your ears they're not necessarily making you do anything but they might be encouraging it and the same thing with the angels because they're whispering in your ear and trying very hard to steer you in the right way for you and it's really kind of like that. There's all these energies out there that really depend on our emotional response. Emotion is so important and so powerful. Uh, I guess according to some things I've read from a certain esoteric teacher, <laughs> so, uh, emotions, as in real emotions, can actually be used as superpowers. If you know yes. if you know how to use them properly, I believe that. But the whole thing is, it's like uh, you know, you can view your emotions as a uh, a horse running wild without a uh, restraint or without any you know, reins on. Is you know, it, you can't you can't control which direction that it goes. So that is this is the whole thing. It's a whole process of understanding your emotions and understanding how to direct them. Appropriately, because the whole thing is and productively. Like, uh, productively, yeah. Because if uh, if you aren't uh, making everybody else's life around you a more enlivened place, then you're polluting them. There is no middle of the road. Middle of the road. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the whole thing. So the, the, the more organized you are within yourself, within your inner self. Uh, the more that you're able to give everybody and that's uh, I guess you could say the most important thing is like not money you can't take that with you you know yeah it, your, your, your legacy really is just uh, how much you have your fucking shit together and what you can offer everybody I mean what was it Uncle Doug always used to say <sighs> everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time <laughs> Well, here's to getting really super introspective and stoned, by the way. (laughs) Because medical marijuana is legal now in Missouri. It's not medical anymore, baby. It's recreational. So congratulations, Missouri. I know it was a very, oh boy, mixed emotion on that one. But it's now recreational in Missouri. And we're going to appreciate that. So... Thank you, Aaron, very much. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually had a good time, like, talking about some stuff. That was really fun. Thank you very much. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Of course, of course, why would we not uh, create a super entertaining show? Woo-woo! <laughs> We've come to the end of my show for this week. Special thanks to my wonderful boyfriend and my amazing family for helping me get this project off the ground and indulging me down this crazy rabbit hole. Thanks for listening and keep it surreal. 